0: Welcome to the Stream Engine Podcast with Dave and Dave. Reviewing all the biggest movies and TV shows from Netflix, Amazon Prime, Disney Plus, and more of your streaming platforms.
1: Stream, Stream Engine. Stream Engine. Stream Engine. Stream Engine.
0: Oh, hi. Hello. Yeah. Oh, hello, hello, hello. Welcome. To the Stream Engine podcast with me, Dave Rave, game design extraordinaire.
1: And me, Dave Neal, filmmaker and part-time magician's hat.
0: <laughs> Whoa, I bet some exciting things get tugged out of you. <laughs>
1: Yeah, um I've had I've been a magician's hat now for, for a little while. Um I was actually working this job whilst I was doing my other jobs, kind of really just at the weekends, but um I've had so many magicians' hands in me now that um I feel like I can really feel
0: the magic. Out of the wizard's sleeve and into Dave Neal, the magician's hat.
1: Yeah, I've had I've had flags pulled out of me, I've had rabbits, pigeons, um you know, it's all go. But um I feel great. You know, people are people always say like go for a colonic or whatever and you'd feel amazing. Um and having all of these things pulled out of me, I feel great. I'm ready, ready to take on the world. Magical. Um uh, so um
0: Yes. As you well, can tell
1: I've run out of job titles. So well just...
0: that's the end of the podcast. We're done, uh, no more episodes. Yeah, um This is
1: we actually got to episode 10 and we didn't realize
0: uh, yeah we said we were gonna do something special for episode 15 didn't we yes, we should, yes. we should still have congratulated ourselves at episode 10 so uh, yes the stream engine podcast for those of you who are tuning in for the first time uh which may be some of you um we are uh currently reviewing everything that is is going on um amazon prime netflix and disney plus we're just we're seeing what's out there and we're giving them a good, hard reviewing.
1: Exactly. Uh, we've all been in lockdown. Everyone's been streaming the hell out of everything. So we thought, why not, seeing as we're watching all these all this stuff, let's talk about it and do it in a way which, as you can tell, is a little bit far-fetched, but uh, it's been Kesh.
0: good. Yeah, it has been good. It's been fun. I've enjoyed it. Um, and also, interestingly... We've not really dabbled much uh, in the in the world of documentaries, have we? So we did Tiger King as our first episode um, as a uh, cheap attempt to get lots of people to listen straight away. It worked, um, uh, but uh, this represents our second our second journey into the documentary world.
1: Mm. Can I just say, actually, this really weird thing has started happening at home, where Lola. Um, yeah, as you, if you've listened before, you or if you're probably one of our mates because no one listens to it, but like, um, she's my daughter and she was watching The Lion King today. She's been watching it over a couple of days just while she's been having her lunch because we're not, yeah. we're trying not to make her sit in front of the TV all the time. Um, and she keeps calling it The Tiger King, and she, and I haven't mentioned Ty- the Tiger King or Tiger King to her at all. Like, she obviously hasn't watched it because she's two. And she just is there going, Tiger King. And I was like, what?
0: Like, I, I, you need to have a word there. D- clearly does not know the difference between a lion and a tiger.
1: No. And she's also started taking meth and she's living in a caravan and eating uh, old Waitrose food that's been left out. So it's
0: a bad maybe, she, She's been staying up late and watching that, hasn't she?
1: I reckon she might have done. But um, yeah, that that actually has been happening. Crazy. they
0: exotic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, uh yes, this is our second uh our second uh, foray into the world of documentaries uh on on the Streamer boards. And uh we're going to be looking at Circus of Books in this episode. Are we? Yes,
1: we are. Yes. Um this is one that you kind of said, "Oh yeah, we should watch this one because it's got uh there's a guy in it that they're using so much in the advertising."
0: Alaska Thunderfuck. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that the, the drag queen guy. Um and it's crazy because he's like, he's just a small part of this documentary, but they they're really going to town like on the uh, in all the trailers and everything, with his face just plastered yeah. all over it. <laughs> she,
0: she, the Alaska Thunderfuck is a big deal. She's a big deal, and she's uh, she's uh, she's basically one of my favourite drag queens from from RuPaul's Drag Race. I mean, that's 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 where I know her from, and she's got this amazing um, voice, which is like a cross between. Lloyd Grossman, and I don't know what the other half is, but there's definitely a little bit of Lloyd Grossman in there. But, no, I agree. <laughs> I saw it because she was promoting on on, on Facebook, and um, also uh, I saw it advertised, and Alaska's, like, all over it. And, yeah, uh, yeah the, the, the contribution is it's minimal, isn't it?
1: It is. Um, it- but fair play. I mean, I probably would do the same. Like, if we had... I don't know, someone on this podcast for two minutes but they had ten followers, then I'd probably <laughs> rinse them.
0: If we could get Arnold be if we could get Arnold Schwarzenegger on our podcast for two seconds, we'd be like, This yeah. next episode features Arnold Schwarzenegger. Dream Engine Podcast! Dream Engine Podcast. Go get to the chopper.
1: Get to the chopper, get to your streaming platform.
0: <laughs> like and
1: subscribe. <laughs> like and subscribe. Yeah, is- <laughs> I, if he could just do that at the end, that'd be brilliant.
0: Who is Dave Neal and what does he do?
1: <laughs> that would be so good.
0: Yeah, oh, so let's I'm get gonna, in touch with him. I'm gonna send him an email. Let's see what he says. Send him um, an email. So yes, circus of books. <laughs> <Sorry>. uh, <laughs> uh, um Uh, yes I will do the synopsis so Circus of Books is a is a documentary um, which is uh, is created by Rachel Mason and she is the daughter of Karen and Barry Mason who are a uh, uh, an old devout Jewish couple who uh, basically in the 70s decided to create uh, basically opened a bookstore which sold hardcore gay pornography and they became the biggest distributors of gay porn in the United States. And it's sort of, it's their story of how that happened. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of it really, isn't it? In a nutshell, what, hmm. and it's right. Ra- and it's Rachel that's making the film. So it's kind of like, it's her sort of exploring her family's relationship with, with this business and, and what they do. And, and later on, again, not going into spoilers, um, the the family the the dynamic of their family as well and how that kind of unfolds within that context.
1: Yeah. Is that a fair it's, enough synopsis? Uh, that is that is a fair enough synopsis. Bangin. And it and it's it's a really interesting documentary because it um it seems very light-hearted as much as hardcore hardcore gay pornography can be light-hearted. Actually a lot of it is. <laughs> that I've seen. <laughs> I don't know. I'm digging myself into a into a hole already. But like um yeah, it kind of seems quite lighthearted and and it kind of starts off like that and you it it's uh, it's more like oh my god, I can't believe this kind of like old couple are doing this and wow, what's the story behind it and everything. And then the message as you, as it goes through um it, it doesn't become like more serious, but you kind of understand the place that they actually had in this community and also the struggles of what it was like to to be gay in the 80s yeah um, especially I, and it and does
0: and it does sort of explore that doesn't it and, and it, cov- it covers that and it covers uh there's a lot about um censorship as well in there and the sort mm. of like the state versus Karen and Barry and 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 yeah, again, without I don't want to go too much into spoiler detail at the moment, but we'll, we'll cover that later on. Um, what, what's interesting is kind of how they get into it. And again, this isn't this isn't too spoilery because it happens in the opening opening few opening ten minutes or so. But basically, uh, Karen, I, I believe, used to be she was a, a journalist, wasn't she? And um, Barry was actually a film special effects guy, so he worked on two thousand and one, A Space Odyssey, and some I think Star Trek, uh, if I yeah. remember correctly. So and good, yeah. And then he somehow uses what he learns on the science fiction sets and the, doing these special effects to create a um, a medical. He invents something. Was it kidney, a kidney dialysis machine? Some kind yeah, of yeah. his kidney... dad's
1: yeah, his dad's got kidney problems, and uh, it was something happened with the tubes on his dad's um, system. Oh, I was so bad. I don't know the technical terms. I've forgotten. But um, basically, where he really dies.
0: Go and get a PhD and come back and
1: talk to me. (laughs) I'm literally sitting in front of a machine that has Google on it and I'm just trying to pick out my brain and just make a fool of myself. But um, uh, yeah, so something goes wrong um, and his dad nearly dies and and it was such a simple thing where all it needed was some sort of valve to stop the blood kind of going through the wrong pipe or something or filling up. Mm. It was something anyway that was kind of this kind of little valve thing that no one had um, invented before and he was just like, well i can do this i do this kind of thing all the time and i'm trying to solve these problems on set for all these special effects things so yeah he invents this thing which is a real life changer literally
0: and he goes around selling it and after a period of time this invention that he's got that is effectively you know what what him and karen are making their money from and what they're living off uh that due to tougher regulations he is Uh, and a requirement to have higher insurance, he's no longer able to sell it. So basically, they're kind of desperate, and they need to find a new way of making money. Um, And they find an ad in the Los Angeles Times, which has been posted by Larry Flint, um, who is looking for a uh, distributor, basically. He's looking for distributors um, to to sell Hustler magazine. So Mm. Barry's like, cool, we can do this. We can sell Hustler magazine. Goes and buys an absolute ton of them, and they just make an absolute shit ton of money basically and decide yeah. hey this is the business for us pornography mm. and so begins the circus of books
1: but barry's like he seems like quite a uh he's quite a uh like a really likable guy throughout the whole thing yes and if he was trying to sell me something i'd really kind of buy into what he was saying like you kind of take you take pity on him in a way but i mean to sell pornography i mean you just got to look at The internet at the moment at the moment or throughout the whole of the history of the internet like selling pornography is fairly easy for people (laughs) it's like do you know what i mean it's um and with him being quite a good salesman seemingly as well he just does so well off it he's like we can't not just carry on doing this
0: and uh and they they do. One um, thing leads to another, and they've got <laughs> a gay porn emporium.
1: <laughs> and um, Larry Flint's just like, he's like, well, I've got this gay this gay kind of magazine that I think that you should start selling as well. And he's like, yeah, we're all for it. We just want to sell as much as we can and make loads of money. And and then they end up, that outsells everything else, doesn't it? Is that what it, you were
0: saying? Yeah, and Barry is a very, very likeable guy. Isn't he? He's so smiley and happy, and they very, you know... Um, The director, Rachel Mason, she's very quickly, uh, their their daughter, very quickly, uh, you know, is quick to establish their their sort of personalities. And Karen is the more sort of, more serious, I guess, of the two of them and more kind of, um, not business minded, but she's kind of the stricter and more serious of the two. And Barry is a very happy-go-lucky, smiley guy. He's certainly a bit more likeable. I think on Yeah,
1: camera. I I really uh, struggled with Karen. I, I just thought throughout the whole thing, the way she kept putting she was putting her kids down all the time like um there's clips of when um Rachel's filming the doc bits for the documentary and she's constantly saying, "Oh, this isn't going to be interesting. Why are you filming this? Why are you doing that?" and it's like it, mu- it uh, I can imagine that causes a lot of problems for like mentally as a kid if your mum is constantly putting you down like that or telling you you're doing something wrong or just being like that um and that is touched on in this um but I just I just really didn't I just took a disliking to her really throughout the whole thing but then she goes on a bit of a journey as well and you do have more respect for her at the end but I I would I don't think I would like to work for her, for example. Like some of the employees are like, yeah, she's a tricky character, but they're speaking to her
0: daughter. So they're not going to be like, yeah, she's a, she's a bitch. She's an (laughs) asshole. Um, yeah, no, she, she was, she was kind of difficult to like, wasn't she? And, um, uh, sorry, just before I forget as well, just going back to, to something which we, which you mentioned earlier on, as you were talking, you, you said in passing our porn is easy to sell and, one of the other interesting parts, and kind of the, the sort of spine, I guess, of the, the story here, is that, um, you know, circus of books is this big deal in the 70s and 80s and even 90s, but with the sort of, you know, boom in, in online, por- how, how accessible pornography now is online. It's kind of dwindled, hasn't it? And that's sort of where we join the story. as we're talk- they're mm. talking, they're building up to the closure. Basically, they're yeah. planning on closing Circus of Books after all of this time because it's just not really well, a viable business anymore for them.
1: It's well known that it was completely, yeah, it's completely decimated it. Um, and the porn industry is where the music industry potentially could have gone. Really, kind of not, not, not so much so bad, but. It's lucky that Spotify and things kind of came around, and then that whole Napster court case and everything was did was happen when it happened. Because I feel like you know the porn industry just was completely ruined. Really, I sound like I'm really emotional and invested in it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no comment. But um, yeah, I just think I just think um, yeah, it's it's hard for them because they've got this amazing store which is part of such a community and it's seeing them now as kind of older people as well who haven't quite got the fire in their bellies anymore and,
0: and um and yeah for me that was the sort of that was the more interesting tale really is like uh in the background you've got all of these 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 talking heads who are talking about uh the gay scene in los angeles and like um uh and how that was very much centred around, um, you know, the Circus of Books and how how that became a cornerstone of it in, in a cornerstone of the scene in many ways. Everybody knew Circus of Books and what it was all about. Yeah, and for me that was the kind of, that was quite interesting. The first sort of, I I guess, third or two-thirds of the film is very much focused along the, the timeline of Circus of Books and it opening and how it existed alongside the gay scene in that time in Los Angeles. And there's a lot of talking heads sort of discussing that and its relevance and how everyone knew it. And I found that part of the film, that portion of the film, infinitely more interesting than the latter parts, which is more talking about the family side of things. Um, don't get me wrong, they are interesting bits with regards to the family and the journey that they go on, um, and uh, specifically that Karen goes on, but I, I don't know, it became less interesting for me once the two timelines kind of split off and went their separate ways.
1: Mm, yeah, I kind of know what you mean, but at the same time, it was... The weird thing... Um... Are we going to go into spoilers now? Let's we kind of do it. spoil. Let, let's um, go for spoilers. Those who haven't seen it, I definitely recommend this watching it. It's it's a really good watch, so and it's the very mo- engaging. And
0: I agree and and it's like, and do you know what I love watching a documentary where I'm taken into a world that I kind of no, don't really know anything about and and uh, mm. Books definitely did that. And it's also a fascinating story. It's so Net- Netflix have got this great selection of of like documentaries which take you into worlds that are just you know so far removed from your everyday life and this is definitely one of those great definitely mm. go and watch it and then come back and listen to the rest of the yep. podcast.
1: <laughs> well, when um so spoiler time like when uh Josh uh, the the one of their sons comes out to them um obviously that's not really a bombshell that he's gay because I kind of felt like it was fairly obvious throughout the whole interview. But like, it's more the fact that Karen after the, you know, Karen and Barry have been this kind of the, the cornerstone of of this community and they've really helped the gay scene. They've got some, they love their employees. They talk about so many of their employees um, passing away during the AIDS epidemic in the 80s um and it was how horrendous it was and they were there for all of the community and um and then suddenly their son comes out and obviously barry who's like a legend (laughs) was like yeah it's totally (laughs) fine but karen she she's the religious one of the two and the fact that she's part of the jewish faith and um her she said that her friends were saying you've got to put religion aside it's all about your family and she's like i can't do that and um, and she reacts really badly to it um, and she can't, she can't really handle it. Um, and part of it, me was just like, uh, I it didn't surprise. Well, it surprised me that she'd felt like that. But then at the same time was like, I'm not really a fan of her anyway. But then thinking about it, the struggle that she would have had, I don't know, Yeah, but she's already, she's already selling hardcore gay pornography. And she's a big part of that scene. Like if she was going to be punished in her, religion then it's kind of she's already quite far down the line
0: yeah. <laughs> um, it, i mean it for me that was a it was a bit of an i didn't really know how i felt about that it's really difficult watching something like this because it's a documentary and it's being very very honest and karen is just a real person but at the same time it shifted my whole feelings about her throughout the film previously because the it, the documentary presents them as being a cornerstone of the gay community and then when that happened. I was like, oh, well, she's obviously holding some kind of judgment here, you know, based on on, yeah. on religion. Yeah. And suddenly everything that had happened in the film beforehand, I was like, okay, well, it's just a business thing. Suddenly it's not su- such a righteous kind of awesome mm. thing that they're doing. It's just, they're just doing it to make money. They're just doing it to run their business.
1: And it's interesting. I, well, from what I remember, I I now I'm thinking, I don't know whether I'm thinking this because of, what we're talking about but barry kind of is the one that is really talking about the fact that he was calling the parents of some of the people that that their employees that have passed away and or they're in hospital and he calls the parents and says you've got to come your son is ill and they say oh i don't care about him or whatever it seems like he's the one that's talking about those stories but i could be wrong i could totally have made that up
0: (laughs) it's um it's, it's difficult as well because on one hand i'm like I want to be like, oh, I did. I didn't really like connect with with Karen and uh, and uh, and she made me feel uneasy. On the on the other hand, she's just a real person, isn't she? At the end of the day, she's just a human being, and she goes on this uh, this personal journey and ends up becoming a massive advocate uh, and joins and and partly leads a support group for uh, LGBT parenting support group, which is sort of how the film finishes at the end, just before they close the circus of books, and that's. Yeah. You know, that's obviously an amazing experience that she's gone through from religion to to getting to that point. But I don't know, it just made me feel, it made me feel unusual about the rest of the film that had preceded it. That I think maybe that's why I'd taken more of a, mm. a liking to the sort of the, the history of the, the gay community, you know, throughout the ages, as opposed to yeah. their story.
1: yeah. And I felt like you could just tell that Josh was really crushed by the whole experience. Uh, and absolutely.
0: Like, he
1: seems so timid and like, it seemed like he'd been completely beaten down emotionally. Um, even so much as his sister who's making the documentary seems, she seems like a pretty cool sister to have, you know, you'd, she seems like the kind of sister where if you were having a falling out with your parents or whatever, you'd go and chat to her and he doesn't even talk to her at all. Um, and like, yeah, I just feel like she, he's just a product of his mum,
0: basically. He, I, I mean, like well, I was literally—he's uh, <laughs> quite literally a genetic product of <laughs> his mum. I
1: think he's her son. <laughs> <laughs> um,
0: I, and you know what? I was pleased that it ended the way that it did, but no, I felt—I felt the same way, you know. Um, and you felt sorry for him. I felt very, very sorry for him. And and the other thing which I kept going, you know, sort of kept circling around in my head is I was—I was questioning how reserved Karen is on camera and how she's obviously holding things back and doesn't like being filmed and all of this stuff. And I was, I was just wondering how much of the story has been left untold Mm. because of, for that reason. Yeah. Cause in some ways, Rachel is, you know, being a family member, you're getting this incredible insight that perhaps you wouldn't get anywhere else. But at the same time, I still felt that there were barriers up and lots of things that we didn't get to hear and, and know about. Um, I don't know. Yeah,
1: but But I mean, it was, uh, and and this is weird because this is weirdly like a way more serious podcast than we've normally (laughs) do. But, but like, um, again, there's that, and then there's the whole like the just uh, the gay scene in the eighties and the late seventies and or whatever, um, whatever it was. I can't remember the exact dates, but it just where they would have these raids on the clubs and stuff and then these guys would be dragged out and they might, you know, they were saying they might lose their jobs and then you've got kind of AIDS thrown in the mix, pretty literally, um, which is pretty, sa- so savage. And just 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 being gay in that era... And having not been able to tell anyone and just the whole thing is so t- tragic and difficult. And it shows how difficult it is to come out when Josh does, you know, we and he came we, out yeah. in a time where it was it's a little bit more accepting, still not sh- as much as it should be probably, but, you know, and his parents run a hardcore <laughs> gay bookshop and even that, even that is really horrendous for him and just think what it would have been like back in the day and the people that were beaten and arrested and They talk about the nice raid imagine. in the
0: um uh, the Black Cat Tavern in nineteen sixty seven. I'm like sixty seven, yeah, imagine how that would be like back in the sixties, man. Like, and yeah. I mean it's hard it's still hard it's still hard now. We don't we obviously don't have a clue but you know And the the, co- the way
1: the cops would have treated them as well, you just know what it would have been like. It'd just been horrific. Um yeah.
0: On a, on a, on a, if we're going to, I know you said this is quite a serious podcast, but just on a slightly lighter note, I just want to read you my notes, uh, which I wrote. There's a section where I've just written, Handjobs Magazine now does organic chicken farming. Jeff Stryker, 80s movie star, posable penis, rimtastic gold, part two. <laughs>
1: <laughs> That's all you need to know. Go and watch it.
0: <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Stryker was fantastic. Were they br- He's so, great. Um, so there's a whole bit where basically for a while uh, they get into, they, they start actually producing uh, gay porn films and there's this guy called Jeff, Jeff Stryker who is like one of the big big you know adult movie stars of the 80s and he's got an action figure that has a posable penis. It's got wire inside the penis and you can make it erect or non-erect. I mean, it's massive either way. It doesn't, doesn't change in size. He's definitely a, a shower, not a grower, but amazing. Yeah,
1: Imagine yeah it's great. I'd love one of those. You'd what, sit pie, there all day. A pig,
0: what, a grower, not a shower? A shower, not a
1: grower. <laughs> or a penis that I could just pose at any <laughs> position. No, uh, one, yeah. uh, one of his dolls. I think that'd be great. Because um, uh, the Action Men, when we were kids, not that I wanted to sit there play, <laughs> playing with their genitals, but you'd, there was never anything there. They had, I always thought that was a bit odd. Like, they had pants, the same, didn't
0: they? Action Men had pants.
1: Yeah, yeah, like Action man and Barbie, well, I don't know. I don't want to even go down here, but like the Barbies that I've seen have got like a, a, a suggested <laughs> area, whereas the action men were just like these guys that were double hard, but they had no balls. Like they had all the balls, but they had no balls at the same time. I always find that really odd. They had so, eagle eyes, though. They did. Um, but yeah, Jeff, Jeff, Stry- Jeff Stryker? Is that his name?
0: Yeah, he was, he's, he's, he's a guy. He gets he gets interviewed in the film, and he's like he's quite a character as well, isn't he? Yeah. Speaking of legends, uh, Larry Flint, he's still still knocking around, isn't he? And he gets interviewed in this.
1: He is, and I think it's amazing that like he managed to meet um, Barry, Barry and Larry. <laughs> 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 Do you want to buy some porn from Barry and Larry? Yeah, all right, son.
0: Um, like... Listen, listen, it's Larry there. I want to get some of the porn. Tell him it's Barry.
1: but like um i just find it amazing that's the thing about la like uh they it's the fact that they've got this tiny bookshop which is legendary like worldwide legendary and you get that like um just having movie stars walking down the street or larry flint just going can you sell some porn mags for me and it's like (laughs) it's that's what la is kind of all about um and uh i think it's really interesting another story of another thing where where in la where someone just suddenly stumbles upon this gold mine you know
0: it's pretty so, amazing. One of the other things we didn't touch on that I'd like to touch on briefly, I know we're getting close to our time, is... Um, is
1: Jeff Stryker's posable penis? We'd touch. No, <laughs> <we> didn't. <laughs> no, I would we didn't love touch to touch on Jeff that. Stryker's
0: posable <laughs> penis. No, it's, uh, it's the censorship issue as well. So there's another sort of sub-story that happens where um, basically the, 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 the US government are sort of cracking down on sort of pornography and it's the most evil thing in the world ever, which is a, a tale as old as time, Marilyn Manson and porn. Um, and they decide to target circus of books because they're producing all of these porn films and Barry actually ends up going to court, doesn't he? Yeah. He nearly goes to prison, nearly goes to prison, uh, because he's the scapegoat. He's the kind of like, he's yeah, he's the, he's, he's the one, isn't he? As far as they're concerned, he represents uh,
1: <laughs> the the most timid kind of like nice man ever. But like it's, and that's as well, that's another struggle. Um, I think I I may disagree with you a little bit about um, the kind of family side of things because, I, again, I th- felt that was really interesting where, you know, he's, he's going through hell and he could go away for a long, long time and it could ruin their lives and they just cannot tell anyone about it. And that must have been so hard. And, like, as much as Karen is not that re- la- likeable... In the end, she's trying to provide for her family and she'll do anything mm. to do that. And she's, she's protecting her family as well by, by not telling anyone about, about it. And it just, that's such a struggle that, um, and I'm glad actually now they're getting, I, I hope they'll probably do really well out of this documentary after all of this. Mm. So, uh. Hate to yeah. get the success they deserve. We but. keep
0: going back to this thing about Karen being unlikable. And it's, you know, as I said earlier on, she's a real person at the end of the day. Like that's just, maybe she's yeah, not, maybe she can just... People still be dicks. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it's it's tough, isn't it? Because like they're putting it all out there in this documentary and it's obviously, uh, I say putting it all out there. Like I said, she's quite reserved in, in some ways, but um, it's hard, isn't it, to just to watch this and go, oh, well, I've made up my mind about her because you don't really know her and her motivations you're just getting a small snapshot of it but for the purposes of this podcast consider yourself judged karen
1: yeah i'm happy to put myself out there and say i thought she was a bit of a dick a um, of i'm a not going to skirt around it so <laughs>
0: <laughs> so right uh let's sum it up shall we yeah um so i uh i really enjoyed it i thought it was a fascinating documentary and you know it introduced me to a world that i knew nothing about um, It's a bit of a you know sort of emotional roller coaster. Uh, I liked it. I'm going to give it a Rimtastic Gold Part Four out of five. (laughs) Rimtastic Gold.
1: Um, Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it was great. It's the it's the type of documentary that I personally would love to have. You know, made. It was well crafted, and I know (laughs) that she was just telling the story of her family, but. She did it in a really engaging way and made it really mean something as well. Um, yeah, I really enjoyed it. And I, I too, am going to give it a four out of five. I thought it was very, very good. Um, and it taught me a lot about a world which I, you know, I knew a little bit about, but I feel a lot more educated coming off the back of it, even if it only is an hour and a half's worth of education. But uh, yeah, it's it was of- great.
0: Of the best hardcore gay magazines in existence, Handjobs exactly. Magazine, Rock and Roll, <laughs> now it does organic chicken farming. So, thank you very much once again for listening to this episode of the Stream Engine Podcast. It's been our absolute pleasure. Um, we've only done two documentaries so far, so like if you can think of any interesting documentaries that are coming out possibly, or ones that are already out that you'd like us to review, please let us know. And yep. uh, of course, and tell public-
1: me whether tell me whether I'm being uh, really harsh to Karen or whether you, you think she's actually you uh, know she's got a good heart and I just sh- I just need to stop judging people and I should look at myself in the mirror um <laughs> sorry <laughs> uh, <laughs> maybe I do need to look at myself in the mirror um yeah and uh, yeah please share like subscribe um tell your friends tell your dog tell your cat tell
0: everyone to listen Bang to him it. So, that is it for the, this episode of the Stream Engine Podcast. We invite you back next time once again to, uh, to go through another journey, another odyssey of streamable films and documentaries. It's been our pleasure.
1: Great. Uh, yes, it has. I'm going to go and put my opposable penis away, and uh, <laughs> I'll see you guys next time. Bye! Bye! Like and subscribe.